Number one, because this is my first Sunday preaching on Easter. And number two, because four very dear friends of ours surprised us and visited this morning. Mark and Janet Germany and Sharon and Steve Burrell. And uh, they're long, long time friends of ours. And uh, it feels even a little bit more like home this morning, you guys. Will you stand with me in respect to the reading of the Word of God as we read together this morning from Mark chapter 16, beginning in the first verse. Mark 16, I'm reading from the New International Version. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembled, bewildered, the women fled out, fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs of that accompany it. May God richly bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word in our hearts and minds. Amen. Please be seated. For several weeks now around here, we've been asking the question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Well, today with a resounding shout of hallelujah, we see Jesus as the risen Lord, victorious over sin and death, and reigning in heaven at the right hand of the Father. That was good. I'm going to read it again. We see Jesus as the risen Lord, victorious over sin and death, 
and reigning in heaven at the right hand of the Father. All of the proclamations of Messiah, King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we saw last week as he entered the city have come marvelously and magnificently true. Hosanna and hallelujah. But in the text that we just read, friends, it is clear that he was dead. Just as we would expect, having been beaten and tortured and hung on a cross in the cruelest, most painful execution that man's evil heart could devise. And I want to point out to you in the scripture that there are a few key witnesses to his death. In Mark 15, starting in 46, it says, So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of a rock. Then he rolled a stone against the front entrance of the tomb. Look at this. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. This could be flyover country. You know what I mean? This could be a scripture you just kind of gloss over. So Mary saw where he had been laid. No, friends, these two Marys are witnesses to his death. They saw the dead body of Jesus Christ wrapped and put in the tomb, and it says they saw. Say they saw. They saw where they laid him. The two Marys, they saw where he was laid. They were witnesses to the expected outcome, weren't they? They watched him die. They, they saw them take down his lifeless body and wrap it in a cloth and lay it in a borrowed tomb that belonged to Joseph. They were witnesses to the expected outcome. Somebody say expected outcome. The expected outcome. Death. Defeat. Disappointment. Hopelessness. But these same women, later in this text, become witnesses of the unexpected. They witness the expected, now they become witnesses of the unexpected. He had risen. And, and with love for his very closest friends, he appeared before them. Mary and the others witnessed the unexpected, the unbelievable Jesus was alive. Who is Jesus? He is the Son of God, the Messiah, who died and rose again on the third day, just as he said he would. And now, friends, I want to propose to us a different question, a slightly different question than who is Jesus. And that question is, why does it matter? Why does it matter? So what? What's the big fuss about? 
why does the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus matter? Why does it matter? Number one, it matters because he did exactly what he said he would do. It matters because he did exactly what he said he would do. He had predicted his own death and resurrection, you remember? You see, he is the truthful, faithful son of the Father who sent him. The Bible says he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I want you to look at these words from Matthew chapter 20 for a moment. It says, now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took the twelve aside and said to them, we are going up to Jerusalem, listen, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and on the third day he will be raised to life. Remember remember last week, church, we talked about... uh, we talked about Palm Sunday, and he's making the grand entrance. And we said that the, the road had just been repaved. In fact, they had turned it from a four-lane to a, or from a two-lane to a four-lane. And they were going up the hill, and it was, per, it, was, it, was, it, was it was ready for him. And he's coming up to, you, you see, the, uh, you see the, uh, the skyline of Jerusalem, and he's coming up to the gate. And, and the crowds began to gather. Something was happening. They gathered, and they, and they placed their... Their, their cloaks on the ground before him, and they laid palm branches out before him. While they were making that journey, he said to his closest of friends, here's what's going to happen. They're going to turn me over. They're going to torture me. They're going to kill me. And on the third day, I will rise from the dead. I want you to flash back a second to the scripture that we read at the beginning of this sermon. Remember when Mary told the disciples that he was risen? You remember their response? They didn't believe it. By now, didn't these guys know that Jesus was going to do what he said he was going to do. You see, friends, listen, our God is the God that does what he says he's going to do. He is completely faithful and true to what he says. Why does it matter? Because he is risen and alive and you can trust him to keep his word. Faithful, completely and fully. Jesus, listen, Jesus, the Son of God, will keep his word. Why does it matter? It matters because he did and does exactly what he says he's going to do. Number two, it matters because his death was the once and all sacrifice for sin. Once and for all, there is a crimson line of truth that runs in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. 
It is the principle of blood sacrifice for sin. Hebrews 9 sums it up nicely. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness for sin. No forgiveness has unexpectedly turned into total forgiveness. Huh? You see, you see, without that, without that slain lamb, God the Father will not forgive sin. It's clear in the scriptures. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. But, but in Christ, in the shedding of Christ's blood, no forgiveness has unexpectedly turned into once and for all forgiveness. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. You see, the shed blood of Christ is the power of forgiveness and cleansing, and it is made totally powerful by his resurrection power. Make that transition with me for a moment. His, his shed blood is the once and all power of forgiveness. His resurrection takes that power to another level. Forgiveness is, and cleansing is made totally powerful by his resurrection power. Number three. Answering the question, why does it matter? It matters because it is the clear evidence of God's love. It is the clear evidence of God's love. But of course, we got a quote from John 3 today. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And I love the verse after that. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The great, listen, the greatest expression of God's love to the world is to have sent his one and only son, Jesus, to save those who would believe. His greatest expression of love. We read the very words of Jesus in John 14, 6. Jesus said these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one. You know any no ones? No one comes to the Father except through me. God himself provided a way. Friend, listen. God himself provided a way for you to have relationship with him. Relationship that had been lost through man's sin and man's disobedience. He gave us what we needed, not what we deserved. Why does it matter? matters because the 
life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the clear evidence of God's love. Number four, it matters because it is the very basis of our redemption. It is the very basis of our redemption. The Bible teaches us in Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want you to measure those words carefully, friend. If you believe in your heart, who is Jesus and why does it matter? Because if we believe in him with our hearts and confess it with our mouths, it is the singular key to salvation, forgiveness of sin, and redemption. Who is Jesus? Why does it matter? <laughs> Let's return to our friends Martha and Mary for a moment. The close friends of Jesus. There's a story in John 11, beginning in 17, and it says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. <laughs> That's interesting considering the Bible story that we preached on a couple of weeks ago. It's interesting that Martha was the one that went out to meet Jesus here. I just find it interesting. Those of you who weren't here for that sermon, you missed a good one. <laughs> Verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. <laughs> and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Look Martha right in the eye. Said, do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. If he's looked you in the eye, I hope you've said, yes, Lord. She replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And then a few verses later, the power of the resurrection through the power of Jesus is illustrated as he shouts. You remember what he shouted a few verses later? He shouted, Lazarus, come forth! Look at the connection here between believing and resurrection life. Martha believed Lazarus was raised. A clear illustration of the resurrection power 
that is manifest in our lives by belief in the risen Savior. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Why does it matter? Because believing in the death and resurrection of God's only Son, Jesus, is the pure basis of our faith. Sometimes you just got to get down to the bedrock of the issue. You just got to get, you just got to boil it all down. There it is. Belief in the life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ is the basis, is the bedrock of our faith. Not only as the church, the body of Christ, but as you as an individual. He said, don't build your, your house on the sand. Build it on the rock. 1 Peter 1.3, I love this verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection. Just that phrase. Get it, get it. Living hope through the resurrection. It's not just Jesus that was raised. You can be raised. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Why does it matter? It matters because it is the very basis of our redemption. Amen. And number five. It matters because through the power of the resurrection, we receive power to live in victory. Why does it matter? It matters because through the power of the resurrection, we receive power to live in victory. In our text in Luke 24, we find the very words of the post-resurrection Jesus. Now, I think, I think the risen Jesus, when he spoke and we have those words, we ought to listen. You with me? We ought to pay attention. says, these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes in their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Folks, because of the power of Jesus in our lives, you can expect the unexpected. Amen. <laughs> the marvelously beautifully, incredibly glorious, unexpected. After the Lord had spoken to them, he was taken up to heaven. He sat at the right hand of God. And what happened? The disciples went out. And it says, they preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them. NIV is an interesting translation here. The Lord worked with them, and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Listen, not only was the death and resurrection of Jesus the basis for, for salvation for these friends and those who believed, but also the basis to walk a powerful, ministry-laden new life. Through the power of the risen Jesus in your life, you do not have to live this life bound by what is expected. Huh? Brother, dude, can I read that one again? 
through the power of the risen Jesus in your life, say my life, you do not have to live this life bound up by what is expected. You, you have the power, access to the power, to live way above what is naturally expected. <laughs> you, you have the right, the position, and the power as one who is redeemed by his blood and filled with his power to live in the unexpected. To live way beyond the norm of just existing. To live life. Listen, to live life in the power of the resurrection of Jesus. Why does it matter? It matters because through the power of the resurrection, we receive power to live in victory. I would call that transformation. Do you know any lives that have been transformed? Are you a life that's been transformed? You can walk and ignore this resurrected Jesus and live a mundane, earthly dominated life, only expecting the same old, same old. Can you believe in my first Easter sermon I said, same old, same old? You can live that same old, same old life, but Jesus, in his resurrection power, offers you a life way above the norm. Not, not, not only a life where you can walk on this earth way above the norm, but there's a goal, there's a future, there's a destination. And it is heaven with him. I probably should have reversed these two points between four and five because I got to go back a second to say to you, do you believe? Do you believe in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? It says, it's, I'm just reading, don't blame me. It says those who believe, those who believe will live. Those who do not believe will be condemned. I think there's enough evidence. And, and whether you're an archaeologist and you go back and dig for physical evidence outside of the city in Jerusalem or not, I'll tell you where the evidence is. I've seen Lives transformed by Jesus. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen lives radically and completely changed by the power of Jesus. And you can be one of those lives, my friend. You can be one of those lives. Or you can ignore him. Really is your choice. But, but, but I think there's enough evidence, I think there's enough out there that you can make an informed decision and say, yes, I believe. He looked Martha right in the eye and he said, 
I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe? Martha said, yes. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God. <laughs> he asked Peter, remember? He asked Peter, he said, who do you say that I am? <laughs> I think Peter was insulted, if you go back and read that story. Who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And remember what he said? He said, on that rock, I will build my church. Amen. On that rock, I will build my church. On the, on the confession, on the belief, on the affirmation, listen, on the affirmation that Jesus is Lord, he will build his church. And it is a church of beautifully, marvelously, magnificently transformed people. Amen. Being prepared because he's coming again. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Bow your heads with me. Father, this is your word. Why does it matter? It matters, Lord, because you have given us everything we need for life and salvation through the life, death, and today we celebrate the resurrection of your son. We say, yes, we believe. We say to you, Father, individually and as a church, we say, yes, I believe. I believe that you came as a gift from heaven, from God the Father. I believe that you lived a sinless, perfect life. I believe that you were condemned, tortured, and died a cruel death on a cross. And I believe on the third day you rose again, just as you said that you would. Thank you for being the one who gives a faithful word every time. We celebrate you. We lift you high. We honor you as the resurrected Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.